The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. This is Radioactive Metal, your source for news, views, tunes, and interviews. Here are your hosts, Snowy, Rock, Corrine, and Aaron. What's up, everyone? Welcome to a Guilty Pleasure episode of Radioactive Metal. This is episode 681. Look at that. On the other side of the 680s. And I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron. And when we're talking about Guilty Pleasures, go to Guilty Pleasures for all your... Oh, wait. Wait. Wrong. Wrong commercial read. Sorry about that. Nope. Nope. Wrong topic. What I mean is True Cult Coffee. T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T Coffee.com. Go there. Uh, subscribe. I think the Krampus Roast is officially sold out. So if you guys haven't been getting on the email list, e- yeah, fuck, emailing list, like I've said to, listen, there's only so much I can do. I- I'm just one man. If really just go sign up get great coffee get coffee made for metalheads by metalheads it tastes great it's a fantastic product you're supporting a small business and by the time you hear this it's already too late because we're as we're recording it is black friday here in the states at least um, and there's a big sale going on on the True Call Coffee site. And if you have been getting on the email list and following the socials, like I've told you to, you're good to go. If not, well, sucks to be you. You're going to be sad with shitty coffee for Christmas. Oh, no. You don't want shitty coffee for Christmas. I know. I know, but you know, there's only so much we can do, Snowy. We have been That's telling right. the fine folks about the wonderful people at True Cult Coffee and all the fantastic things they do because they also had the embodiment printing press and they just, they're just fun. It's just, uh, you know, more and more, everybody is so serious about everything um, that it's just so refreshing. When you see some of the things that, you know, True Call Coffee puts out. I mean, for starters, hotter than a church in Norway. You know, you have to be able to laugh about that. Like, no one is condoning church burning, but it's fucking funny. It mm. really is. But True Call Coffee, T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T coffee.com. 
Go possess yourself a cup today. What's happening, Snowman? Well, with myself, I have a cup of true cobalt coffee here mixed with a little bit of Bailey's. Good for it's you. Friday night. Irish coffee. Pip, pip, yeah. cheerio. Yeah. Top of the morning to you. <laughs> yeah. Because it's Friday night. It's cold. It's slippery. I'm sore. I'm tired. I'm hungry. And all Is it that. slippery but you know when what? wet? <laughs> Actually, yeah. Yeah. So I. I'm ready to rock and roll, and thank you so much, True Cobalt, for all they do. And I'm glad that you mentioned Hotter Than a Church in Norway, because, uh, and this isn't planned, this is just kind of one of those happy accidents that you and I have. I'm glad you mentioned that because of the band that we're going to be playing in tonight's um, mandatory metal segment. But before we get to that, you also mentioned that it's Black Friday today as we speak. You it had a is. good Thanksgiving? You had a good football day? Uh, you know, it's funny. Like, I've never been the football guy. And since my father-in-law passed away, we don't watch football at all now on um, Thursdays. I, I, Long story short, I have never attended a school that's ever had a football team that wins. Um, the Steelers are a fantastic football team, uh, despite what anybody will tell you. Um, but I am definitely more of a Pirates fan, and they lose all the time. So, <clears throat> you know, um, yeah, I've just never been a football guy. Fair enough, fair enough. I just say that because I know, like, Thanksgiving is... Oh, like, it's a huge football it's, day. It's, it's a huge, yeah. huge foot football day. And, of course, we have the CFL, the Canadian Football League up here, and so there's... It's really not, if you're an NFL fan, that's fine. The CFL doesn't do anything for, uh, for, for our Thanksgiving or anything like that. What I did see, though, and I think henceforth we are going to, on this show, okay, we're going to stop calling it Black Friday. We're going to christen it something else. Earlier today, just as I'm kind of perusing through the um, through the Facebooks, this really cool meme kind of came up, and you know that that old that old meme of Batman slapping Robin. Oh and then yeah, they, they kind of like, and everyone's got a different version of it. Yes. Well, I found one with Robin saying Black Friday. Okay. And Batman with Henry Rollins' face slapping oh, him, saying yes. No Black Flag. Now we're talking. <laughs> so, henceforth, on Radioactive Metal, every November 26th, or the day of every Friday, Black Friday, henceforth will be now known as Black Flag Day on Radioactive Metal. How does that sound? I'm all for it. And I, I think Black Friday is just a joke anymore. Right. And it's just it's just become such a shadow of itself. So I worked retail for about a decade for Radio Shack, which is no longer around. Mm -hmm. And that was my first experience ever with Black Friday. I never never knew anything about it, any of that stuff, you know, didn't know anything about the retail craziness because we never really shopped and that sort of stuff. But I've also explained that. I didn't live near anything, so it was a hike for us. So there's no way mom wanted to drive, you know, however far to then deal with crowds, mm -hmm. um, which, again, I didn't understand. I was a kid. So 
And somewhere in the 90s, I'm experiencing Black Friday. And at the time, nobody called it Black Friday. It was the day after Thanksgiving sale. Mm-hmm. And the people that called it Black Friday were the retailers because you were in the black that day. Now, right. I didn't know that until like at the end of my first Black Friday. I thought we were calling it Black Friday because it was insane. And yeah. we weren't going to survive it. You know? Yes. It it was crazy. And that's the thing. It was just insane. It just, you know, you had the doorbusters and all this stuff and just people just everywhere. So early. It's like, holy shit. You know? So, but then at some point, somebody started letting the consumers in that they call Black Friday and then they call Black Friday. But now, people have been having Black Friday sales since November 1st. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not a Black Friday sale. And if you're having it now, then it's not Black Friday. Like, I get it. You're trying to tell us that it's cheap, but you can't call it Black Friday. You know? No. no like, yeah. like, it just, it means absolutely nothing anymore. So, yeah. 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 That's and my I, old man rant as I drink my whiskey and Coke here. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. We're, we're noted for our rants around here. I don't know. Yeah, with... Black Friday, and I don't. I'm gonna watch what I say. I'm gonna kind of be careful because people got injured and literally died. But um, where's the trampling? That doesn't seem to be happening anymore, which is kind of a good thing. But it all, like I said, it always kind of it gave me lots to talk about on the show, unfortunately, and all that. But it's 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 a fair trade, you know. Well, you know, it's funny. Like, like when you say it like that, because I'm like, yeah, you're right. Because, I mean, I remember, like, the Cabbage Patch Kid rush in the 80s where I think somebody died in that, too, right? Yeah, and we you got know. a kick out of it. But, you know. but, th- but think about this. We, honestly, in the past decade, the best rush of people rushing anything was, was when all those um, Trump supporters tried to take over the Capitol. Like, <laughs> like, like, that's the closest thing we've seen to Black Friday in years. Yeah, I guess so, eh? And 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 you know what? <laughs> Think about this. All these all these, you know, different foreign entities that have tried to take over the US, all they really would have had to have done back in the eighties is say we have put twenty five cabbage patch kids inside the US Capitol. <laughs> and That's right. they could have stormed stormed everything right there, they would have gotten through, like, yeah, that would have uh-huh. been it. Yeah. We would have stormed ourselves. <laughs> yeah. oh, no, doubt. no doubt <laughs> no doubt I always forgot of the cabbage patch hysteria my little sister who was like an adult now obviously like she was into the whole cabbage patch thing which I call them like garbage face dolls and, well that's and good she, she, the garbage pail kids too <laughs> yeah yeah my, so my sister was really into it did I tell you that um like where I currently live, I'm probably only about four or five hours from Cabbage Patch Kid HQ, like where they were actually created. Oh, wow. Yeah. I I had no idea. And then we were visiting um, a relative who also lived out that way. And she's like, oh, yeah, the Cabbage Patch Kids are here. Baby Langer. I'm like, what? And, and, you know, here I am, the adult male. I'm like, we have to go. <laughs> and everyone's looking at me like, what? I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like, gr- like, wasn't my thing but like growing up in the 80s you couldn't escape it my sister loved it Mm -hmm. i had to like video chat with her i'm like 
check this out. Look, look, look over here. Look, they're pulling a kid out of the cabbage patch right now. Like, it was a great time, dude. Well, they were such a cultural phenomenon. Oh, yeah. Back then. And like, yeah, even if it's not, if it's not your bag, here we are more than 30 years later, we're talking about it, you know, yeah. just out, just out of the blue. So, yeah, yeah. So what we'll do is we're kind of get everything back on track with our mandatory metal segment courtesy of true cavalt coffee and like i said i'm glad you mentioned hotter than a church in norway because i tapped a song from the new record from church burn <laughs> Did I <tell> that? <laughs> yeah i knew you were going to love it yes their new record none shall live hymns of uh, misery okay and with that there is only one track that we could go with for so for tonight's mandatory metal segment this is church burn with before the inferno
We've been very busy this week. Here's our metal fix. Okay, dude, uh, what's going on? That's a great question. Let me consult my notes. <laughs> Let's see if there's anything I'm doing. Okay, I think last week I already told you about the Misfits flannel, right? Mm-hmm. So, I've been sending you shit all week. And, you know, this is off-air for the fans. But, so, did you see what I sent you about the um, Dragula uh, Monsters flannel? Mm, yeah, I'm sure. I Man. just can't. I, I can't. Well, I think right I told you about the, the Freddy flannel, right? Mm-hmm. So, the Freddy flannel, same company that does the Infectious Grooves flannel, um, they they start and and this is dude this has been so weird. So Halloween is you know almost um, a month behind us, and Creature Skateboards like the other day um, just posted about a Halloween board. I'm like, why are you only posting about a Halloween board now? Like, are you literally just releasing this? And since November hit. Dixon has been releasing like the Misfits, the Freddy Flan. I'm like, why didn't you release all this stuff during October? It doesn't make any sense to me. And son of a gun, they did it again. They had a special flannel. Um, and it's also a special price, 31 bucks. And their flannels are normally around 60. So 31 bucks for the Monsters Dragula flannel. And uh, when I when I get mine, I'll send it to you guys or put a picture up because I I had to get one of those. But I sent you the link because they still had them in stock. I'm like, oh, you dig these. Because, again, they're, they're rugged. You could actually wear it to work and they'd feel cool, you know. Cooler than you normal do, do at least. You know, people would be like, hey, that's a nice flannel bag. Yeah, fucker, you don't even understand. But, <laughs> yeah, so, so that's going on. Um, so, you know how we always have these... Um, conversations where especially around the valentine's day episode where you always happen to mention like if if a woman beats you up it's foreplay right so right (laughs) i've been watching these christmas movies you know on netflix and things okay And, and for anyone you know like i i don't care i'm i'm a sucker for christmas movies i love good christmas movies um, I can I think I talked about Love Hard last week, maybe. If not, I'll you know remind me. I can talk about that one because I I just I absolutely love it. But I'm watching this one today, and I think it was called like Christmas with a Prince, and it's hard to keep them straight because literally, if you type in Christmas and Prince in Netflix, there's like a thousand movies, you know. Mm-hmm. But this one. The the prince's bodyguard, like the guy, this other guy who works in the hospital, sits down with the prince's bodyguard or, or head of security who's a woman. And, you know, he's talking to her. He's like, so, boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, family. And, and she's like, well, you're moving pretty fast. And he's like, you just flipped me on my back. In America, that's second base. <laughs> and I started laughing because I thought of you immediately. <laughs> when they said that, I'm like, oh, he thinks like Snowy. That's pretty damn funny. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I like, it's been such a weird, weird week. Um, I've been listening to a ton of Christmas music today because I've been putting up our decorations. 
And it's been, um, Apple Music has had these awesome, like, punk rock Christmas playlists, hard and heavy Christmas playlists. And so I've just been listening to, like, punk and metal Christmas tunes. Right on. Yeah, it's been a great time. And then last but not least, and this is my shortest metal fix ever, um, have we talked about Godzilla Foods? No. All right, so GodzillaFoods.com. It started because I saw a hot sauce, and my son will not even try a hot sauce, but he is willing to try the Godzilla hot sauce because it's Godzilla. Um, Mm -hmm. But they just released a Godzilla hot cocoa. And there's there's three different flavors. The one with Mecha Godzilla is like the head-spinning hot cocoa, something like that. Um, so yeah, there is Godzilla hot cocoa out there. And I looked at that and I'm like, you know what? You and I need to come up with like the metalhead gift list because, you know, I've been talking about like the Dixon flannels on here, the infectious grooves, the misfits, now the monsters. I'm like, we really should put together the metal, the the metalhead shopping list for the metalhead on your, on on your list. That's a great idea. And, and and then, you know, we we tell the episode, send this to your normie friend, <laughs> you know. <laughs> that sounds like a great idea. Yes. <clears throat> a Christmas care package. Exactly. Courtesy of Radioactive Metal. Sounds exactly. good. But yeah, so that's literally all that's going on. It's been a short week here for work. Um, but I, I almost forgot today was Friday. Like, that's why I had to, had to text you and be like, dude, are we recording today? Like, I had no idea. The, I actually like that. Like, when you when you wake up totally forgetting that it's Friday and you get halfway to work thinking it's Thursday or Wednesday, it's kind of got that in your head. And then it's like, no, wait, fuck, it's Friday. It's even better when it's Friday and it's payday. Yeah. Yeah, that's and true. totally forget about it. Or Saturday when your alarm clock goes off, you know, and it's like you can just turn it off and go back to sleep. Ah. Oh. I still love that feeling. Uh, yeah, for sure, for sure. With me, a feeling that I love even more is when cool records come across my desk. Available now, courtesy of the fine folks at Relapse Records, um, the new Genocide Pact came across my desk. And I've been, you know, this is some really good death death rash and i've been behind this band solidly for like ever since they dropped i guess i think their first couple releases were on the old um oh dom from integrity his old label he was his he was the one that first discovered genocide pact and got them out there to the masses and the a183 recordings label i believe so yeah, yeah, I've been pushing this band for a while now, and every new record is just it get it just keeps getting better, and they keep building more and more. Like I could almost see maybe a couple years down the line, a couple more solid records, and if they get lucky, kind of you know get the proper promotion with the right people, like the way Mastodon maybe or Gorgira kind of took off wouldn't it be nice to see a band like this kind of do that as well we'll get to a track later on as well another really cool record came across my desk is the return of the california takeover 
which is a live record, a handful of tracks each, courtesy of Earth Crisis Strife and Snap and Snap and Snapcase. Really cool, all really awesome. Nineties hard hardcore bands, and of course, when you say, well. The return of California Takeover. Well, yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's kind of like a sequel to the original California Takeover live album with these bands, and it's just like is Snapcase still playing? I I believe so. I don't know when the last time they recorded anything, but I'm I'm pretty sure that they're still on the live front. Like they I loved this, this those guys, was, and then they yeah. dropped off the face of the earth. Hmm. Hmm. Well, they are back in some way, shape, or form. They at least got together to record this record, like I believe was just is only a couple years old. Like the actual concert that this record, you know, was was produced by, and it's a lot of really good stuff. Anytime you can get Earth Crisis, Strife, and Snapcase, like this is just some phenomenal. Stuff that is available now, of course, on Dan's Lift Dan from Strife. His label War Records is was handling that. Great, great, great hardcore label. You wanna you wanna support like Black Friday. Okay, this is going to be after the fact. Okay, but today Black Friday, Black Flag Day. You know, had a bunch of Bandcamp sales as well. I like my my email just lit up. You know, like buy my shit, buy my shit, buy my shit. <laughs> yeah, it's on sale. It's on sale. Everything's on sale. Yeah, I can't buy everything. Sorry, guys, I can't buy everyone's. But I would definitely the next time you're perusing uh, Bandcamp, go over to War Records. Lots of really cool stuff. My cold, dreary. Um, Wednesday got a light a lot brighter when once again just out of the blue I really wasn't expecting it but the new Decibel magazine the new Decibel appeared and it's like wait a minute okay this is a monthly publication yeah I thought I just got a issue just a couple weeks ago I spoke about it on the show and all that What's going on here? Something, oh, I guess maybe, you know, the last issue was late getting here and now they're back on track, you know, the, the, with the mail and everything that's going on. I'm certainly not going to complain. This uh, this month's uh, issue, um, Chemist is on the, co- on the cover. Talk about your rising bands. They definitely deserve all their current success. Um, Flotsam and Jetsam, Doomsday for the Deceiver, that debut record. Okay, that is in the Hall of Fame, and it's so stoked to see to see that because that's um, accompanying the article and all of that. They had this classic picture, right, of Flotsam when they were super young. Okay. You know, their first promo pictures, and it's just like, as soon as I saw that picture, it all came flooding back. It's like, I saw the same cool pic, like, so many times in the magazines, you know, back in the mid-80s when this record first first came out. So that was pretty exciting. They have an interview with Dave Murray from Iron Maiden as well. Some cool stuff with Lucifer... All sorts of really good stuff. I'm uh, 
going to be diving into that. Haven't quite got to it this week uh, yet. Going to be diving into it this weekend. The Flexi Disc is uh, a couple of tracks from Gravesend, who uh, we've we played on the show before. Definitely a band that we want to uh, to get on. Maybe we'll get to some uh, tunes from them a little bit later on. And finally, since yesterday was the American Thanksgiving. I had to break out my WKRP in Cincinnati box set to watch the Turkeys Away episode. Are Dude, you familiar? I wish I would have had a heads up. I almost choked on my um, drink there. That's one of the greatest, greatest episodes ever. Uh-huh. With God is my witness, I thought turkeys, turkeys could fly. fly. <laughs> and and when, when there was this one point in that when 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 the whole turkey drop thing is going on okay and les nessman their their roving reporter he's on he's on the scene and they actually threw the line oh the humanity (laughs) that's right and it's right oh my god it's like i can't believe they did that because that was oh the humanity when the hindenburg yeah crashed during the live so yeah. that was kind of a nod to that, and it just—it's kind of like I can't believe, you know, the um, the powers that be actually let that fly back. Well, it was the '70s. People still had a sense yeah. of humor. Well, yeah, that—that's true enough. Um, with that, you know, I watched that episode, but then it's like, hey, you know what? I'm just gonna let a couple more episodes go through. And do you remember the scum of the earth? episode no okay that was when the station had booked their very first concert on the <gasps> roll format yes and they hired the punk rock band scum of the earth <laughs> yes from, from from england and all that and just sh- sh- shenanigans and involved, get involved and all that michael debar played uh dog in in scum of the earth Man, I forgot about then, that. Yeah, yeah, and then he he would he was you know he was in his bands and all that, and he would come back to play a different role on the new WKRP years later and all that. So that's yeah, that's kind of my metal fix. All this right. Week. So WKRP, I think my favorite episode is the one where they're trying to um, show you how alcohol. <laughs> slows your reflexes and Johnny Fever gets quicker the more he drinks. The more he drinks, yeah. Because well, yeah, because it was kind of a hobby of mine. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. And because like he starts out and they're like, How much have you had to drink? He's like, Nothing, you know? And then the more he drinks, the faster he gets. And then like Venus is wasted, right? On the air, yeah. Oh, it's great. so funny because he looks at the Mountie. The state trooper, he's like, trade me lids. <laughs> he switches them hat. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is great. Oh, Venus was amazing. All right, and then one last yeah. to be a KRP question. Were you a Bailey fan or a Jennifer Bailey. fan? Bailey. Yeah, I me was, too, dude. I was a Bailey. Yeah. Bailey all the I, way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was a Bailey. My older brother, my own, my only brother, he had that famous uh, Lonnie Anderson oh, poster yeah. with the, the red bathing suit. Yeah. 
I know Trey. He he had that on his wall and all that. But yeah, no, I was kind of a Bailey. Still am to this day. I, I'm with you. For sure, for sure. But what I am is a big fan of Genocide Pact. Let's uh, go from that new self-titled record. This is Perverse Dominion.
you are black, white, or brown, boy, girl, straight, gay, Christian, Jewish, Muslim, we're all here for the same fucking reason. Let's make a fucking positive change. This song's called Stand As One. Let's see a fucking circle. Let's go. hardcore songs just like this one but you know what it still rings true today and it still makes the little hairs on my arms and on the back of my neck stand up that is the mighty strife with stand as one from that return of california takeover live compilation available album now available now run out and grab it really really cool stuff well my friend um kind of like with this week's discussion first of all what do you think of the expression guilty pleasure there's so many different ways that can go because i think there is like like because as i alluded to at the top of the show um, there's a shop around here called Guilty Pleasures. It's like an adult toy shop, right? Yeah, I kind of figured that yeah. out, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so uh, there's also one called Bad Kitty, which the kids want to go to because I think it's a pet store. Um, oh. <laughs> and my, my wife's had to be a very quick talker and talk them out of that one. So, you know, that's been interesting. <clears throat> but, um... You know, like, the guilty pleasure is something that you enjoy that you don't want to tell other people about because you don't want to be judged, we'll say. Mm-hmm. 
Or yeah, or mm-hmm. that you you know, okay, this is kind of a crap song, you know, but still, it still kind of resonates with me, and I kind of enjoy it. But I'm just not one to share that knowledge with a whole lot of people. You know, I don't believe in the crap song thing anymore, and and I'll tell you why. Because I've had people like listen to a song I like tear it down and tell me all the reasons that it's a crappy song and then play me their favorite song and it's fucking identical. Like like similar structure, similar chords, maybe less chords, maybe even less complex. And I find myself like, you do realize these are the same. And and this is why, you know, when when you're a musician, you have a musical background, like it's it's fun when when a non musician likes to try to tell you what's wrong with shit. It's like, okay. You know, and it's even funnier when there's another <laughs> yeah. musician who tells you what's wrong with it. Oh, well, this is this and this is that. And then they tell you, I'm like, dude, all those things you just told me are the same by this song. It's the same thing. You know, no, no, this is different. I'm like, dude, you are full of shit. Give me a guitar. Let me show you, you know. Right. Right, right. Yeah, I don't really. Uh, I haven't used the guilty pleasure expression in a, in a while and i don't really subscribe to that idea very much anymore it's just it's just there's just some really cool songs out there that i just don't talk about you know either when i'm out and about with my homies or on this show i mean you're more open about everything else other than metal and hardcore. Yes, I'm I out am. of the closet. But <laughs> You're still closeted. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. But we're, we're both still pretty open-minded and, and kind of enjoy a uh, wide variety of music. And as, as, as well, there's just some songs, okay, that I quote-unquote never grew out of, Okay. When I like before I discovered metal and punk and all 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 that goodness and all that, I enjoyed like a wide variety of things like pop, rock, even a little bit of country and all that. Elp, some some classic rock, you know. Um, but when I discovered metal, and I was both discovered heavy music and started to mature at the same time. Okay, so when people say, ah, you'll grow out of it, or, or, oh, I grew out of metal. No, 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 no. See, you grow into metal, because a lot of metal, a lot of hardcore, and especially a lot of punk, has a lot of themes and ideas for the mature person, once they start getting into political and social issues. And that's such a great point. So it's something to grow into. It it really is, because, like... Metal, and and I've said this for years, but like metal is the classical music of its day, right? Mm -hmm. Like, because if you think about like what Berlioz was doing and, oh shit, what's the one about the witches? I think it's a Berlioz, but but like one of the ones like Berlioz took uh, some sort of hallucinogenics and wrote this one piece and I'm butchering it terribly because I haven't listened to it or thought about it in years, but you know, people are like, oh, it's amazing because he did this. And he's, and I'm like, that's the same fucking thing if you guys put on a Metallica record. Like, put on puppets. 
like you are literally going to have the same journey. It's just not violins, you know. Mm-hmm. And as Symphony and Metallica proved to us, it works just fine with violins. You know, it it oh, just for sure. People get so biased by a sound, and and mm-hmm. I get that. I totally get that because there are certain sounds. Uh, are you familiar with the band? Oh fuck! Oh, oh my god! Oh. <laughs> I was I was just listening to him this week with a friend, and um, I, I the first uh, I'm staring down the barrel of a forty five forty five. You know that one? No. Shine down, shine down. That's the band. Oh, okay. Right? I know the I know the name. I don't. I and, don't know. Uh, like it's it's my friend's favorite band. She loves this band, and okay. the last two records. I totally dig the first records. I'm like, please fucking shoot me because it's the same guitar. And and I was explaining to her, I'm like Lincoln park hit once Lincoln park hit, everybody just latched onto that guitar sound, that guitar sound, that vocal sound, everything. And there's nothing wrong with it. Like, I can't say it's a bad, it's, it's not like the Lars drum sound on, um, St. Anger. You know, it's it's a good sound, but I am just so over it every time because everything became so homogenized. Everything sounded the same, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I just couldn't take it. So, like, that kind of stuff makes me want to throw up. So, I, I get when, you know, people get turned off by a sound, but, I mean, you know, I listened to four, however many albums I have, four or five albums. I'm like, it got better, you know. Like there's a lot there, and and it's funny. Like my um, my grandfather used to tease my mom about the Beatles, right? He'd always be like, "Oh, there's nothing here, you know. Like they're only using a couple chords. They're, they're not good songwriters." Yeah. And like m- mom, mom later need to get a job. Well, but then here's better. Like like later, I'm a teenager, right? And my grandfather is telling my mom, because he's listening to one of his classical music stations, he's like, he's like, you see, um, this is real music. It's a fucking Beatles song. And mom and I are just rolling. Like, this is the funniest thing in the world to us. You know? Because, like, I was like, yeah, this is real music. <laughs> yep, yes it is. We're glad you agree. <laughs> you know? But the the point is to, to all that is that a good song is a good song, and you know it's a good song when you can take it into any genre and still have it be a good song. And you can you know? feel it. Yeah. You, you let know? the music move you. Mm-hmm. I I totally get that. So <clears throat> I figured what we would do this week, my friend, is we'll sit down here and we'll have a couple bevies and just kind of it's it's confession time perhaps for you like like you said i've been out of the closet for years fair enough fair (laughs) enough fair enough well i'm gonna start us off here if if i was to make a top 10 of my favorite songs of all time yeah nina's 99 luft would be oh, yes. would be in there somewhere in, in Germany the, the lower half in yes. German it has to be yes this is an absolutely amazing song and I was I was kind of 
Uh, should I actually mention it in the spirit of this conversation or because of if, like it's an allegory for nuclear war. It's a, it's an anti nuclear oh, yeah. war song, shall we say, like when when you, you know, when you and it doesn't really need much in the way of dissection and all that. It's just and it's a here, brilliantly and, you know, written song. It, it really is. It. It, it really is. And I totally agree with you with the point of the German version, because that's the original vision of yes. the artist. The A side, <clears throat> the A side of the seven inch single was the German. The B side was the very unnecessary English version. OK, <laughs> and, and nothing offends me more as a music fan. Okay, when I'm listening to the radio at work and the English version comes on, I'm like, come on, Mr. DJ, man, you know better than that. And this is still one of my all time favorite songs. Like when I just like if I'm like normally when I'm out and about on the bus going to work or on my way out, I have 800 million podcasts that I enjoy every week. Well, Every once in a while, I will slap a song on, and a lot of times, it is it is that song. It it it, it hits home. It's a fantastic tune, dude. For sure. For so, sure. if we're talking eighties, one of my favorite, and and honestly, there's so many great eighties pop hits, but but like the the band that I was all about right before I discovered Kiss. And I, I still love, you know, the stuff from this era. Um, Culture Club, Karma Chameleon. Ah. And um, I can't remember if we've had this conversation live on the air, but I had no idea until like the late 90s that Boy George was gay. Okay. No, no okay. None um, whatsoever. I, I admit that I didn't like, okay, like when I was a kid before I went metal, I, I had the first, I had the first Culture Club record. Uh, let me see. I can't Col- Color by Numbers, that one? That's it, yes. Yeah, that's so the that one was, I had, yeah. Which, whichever the first one. I remember when that first came out, okay, and everyone thought, when just looking at the cover, it was like the poison thing. Oh, yeah. Okay, everyone saw Boy George and... Thought it was a girl at first glance and well, all that. But Do you remember he was endorsing Maybelline makeup? No, but oh, I, it could was a big deal. I could definitely see that. Yeah, because like um, Maybelline was coming up with like their waterproof makeup and he was endorsing it because, you know, when he was on stage, it was sweatproof kind of stuff. Uh-huh. So he was. And again, like in the States here, we grew up with Uncle Milty, right? So the Milton Burl show. So. There's, we didn't think anything of a man in a dress, you know, I, uh-huh. I certainly didn't think there was anything going, I'm like, oh, okay. So he's a man in a dress and full makeup. He's just taking it further. Yeah. Never hit me. Right. Yeah. Never, I, never. Yeah. Yeah. And me as, as well, because you just, as, as a kid, you don't think about people's no. sexualities and, yeah. all that. and you don't, you don't, you don't care. care. So it's like, this you is great care. music. Yeah. 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 But yeah. No, had the first one, but that was one of the bands that I kind of, I kind of grew out of. I remember the first time I heard Brownsville Station smoking in the boys' room. Oh, 
Good song. Okay. <laughs> that was, it was on one of those, like, did you, you had KTEL records in the U.S., oh, yeah. right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, I remember when we went, when the family, we went on vacation down into the into the Dakotas. I bought a Hit Express, okay, K, KTEL compilation. We bought it on 8-track. And then when I came home, I found a Hit Express on vinyl, Okay, and the track listing was totally different. So it's Crazy. like, okay, I, I guess, yeah, I guess there's the Canadian version and the American version. Well, anyways, I first heard, heard that the classic Smoking in the Boys' Room on one of those KTEL records, Music Magic or whatever bullshit, you know, they always came up with something generic like that. And that song always stuck with, with me as a kid and all that. To this day, it's just a song that I never outgrew. I recently bought, um, found a really cool uh, rock and roll high school soundtrack last year on vinyl. Yeah. I had to snap it up. And that song is on the soundtrack. And just, oh, my God. When that song came on, it just came all flooding back. And this song kicks ass for the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, well, holy jeez. And what's funny about that song to me is you you discovered Brownsville Station. I discovered Motley Crue, their version of it, and went backwards. Ah. Like, I didn't know that the Brownsville Station version existed. Oh, okay. Right, right. And I remember I remember when, when Crue released that, and I'm sure I've said this on the show before it's like, oh, okay, crew's doing this cover song, cool. All right, whatever. I really wasn't when that came out. Uh, I had a real bone to pick with the whole hair metal scene and all that. But it's like, all right, no, I remember that. Well, trying to explain that to some of my peers and crew fans that are only discovering like heavy music like that year. Oh yeah, it's an old cover song. It's not theirs. What? No, it's not. You. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. All right. Okay. Yeah. 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 No. So to this day, every once in a while, smoking in the boys' room comes on the radio at work, and when I got it on, when I got it on the Rock and Roll High School soundtrack, man, everything stops for that three minutes. Wow. Yeah. Really cool stuff. What about you? So. Something more modern that people might not expect from me is there is a, and I I don't know if it's this just we call this an artist. I think she's a solo artist, but it's I think you pronounce it Tovelo, T O V E uh, space L O, and the song is called Habits. And I first discovered the song in um, that show I told you about that I love the order. Right, and I'm like, listen, I'm like, oh, these are some interesting lyrics, and I went and listened to it. it it's just a big modern, like electro pop song, you know. And I, I love it. I love it. It's got crazy lyrics, and the chorus is, "I gotta stay high all the time to get you off my mind." Whoa, and I'm like, that's just cool, you know, like. Because, because I mean, I, I think my guilty pleasure is for as straight edge as I've been. I mean, I'm sitting here drinking, you know, alcohol right now. But I mean, 
I, I've been very, very clean for the majority of my life, especially considering I've been into rock and roll for the majority of my life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, oh, which reminds me, uh, we'll, we'll come to this one in a second, but like, you know, I, I don't smoke weed. I don't do this stuff. Um, I you know, dabbled in my youth, that sort of thing. But like my, if I do anything now, I have a beer or I drink my whiskey. Right. And, but I love a good song about drugs. I do like. I don't even know why, but like that that song, like "Stay High," like love it. Um, like Marilyn Manson's "I Don't Like the Drugs, the Drugs Like Me." I think that's the greatest song in the world. I know, you know. Yeah. And, but I, I, I'm not gonna do hard drugs ever, ever. No, you know, no. not not my thing. But I just love a great song about drugs like that. So, speaking of staying high. Um, I was reading a news story this week. Apparently, um, O'Cannabis, um, a Canadian um, you know, pot di- distributor, is partnering with Uber Eats to bring weed deliveries. So <laughs> that sounds Canadian, yeah. You can get your weed and your munchies in the same fucking delivery, dude. Yeah. How great is that? I've That's I've awesome. got it like Hats off to the Canadians for that one. That's pretty amazing. And how come you never told me you guys have a pot distributor there called O Cannabis? How fucking cool is that? Uh, I, because it's just not my thing. I've only been into one one cannabis store. Just a friend of a friend was going in, and I just okay, I'll join you. I'll be I'll be a come with guy, and I'm kind of looking around while she's buying her supply and all that. And I don't know any of this shit that I'm looking at, and. You know, the young ladies are trying to upsell me on a bunch of stuff. And I'm like, no, no, I just, this isn't really for me and all that. So, but no, yeah. So that's, that's definitely new on me. Oh, cannabis. Nice. Oh, cannabis. Uh, yeah. I love that. I'm like, what a great name. That's just fantastic. You know. Uh, for sure. Before, before we get into, because yeah. I got to bit full of tunes here um before we get into some of those and i believe this will resonate with you as well but recently okay we discovered when i think it was the disney plus they added a whole whack of movies that they bought the rights for whatever other companies they might have usurped and all that there was a really cool movie in the 90s called That Thing You Do. Oh, I love that movie, dude. Isn't that absolutely amazing? Dude, what, just <laughs> one of the greatest rock and roll films ever made. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah. We discovered it. We we discovered it on. We sat down. We watched it. We, we got, it took us back. We got blown away. It's an amazing story. And I really dig the whole um, aesthetic where um, the term "one hit wonders" yeah was was discovered. It was from this fictional band called the Wonders. And yeah, I love how they tie in there. Oh, one hit yeah. wonders, very common <laughs> tale. Yeah, that's right. And of course, that one hit they had was a thought. The song that thing you do and it's never really my thing as a kid okay because there 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 are times in the 80s 
you know, where they would re-release older songs and they would catch fire again. Oh, yeah. If this was a, if The Wonders was a real song, this was a real song as well, they re-released it in, say, 1984, okay? I would have been all over this song big time. Even even more now, like I would have ran out and I would have bought the album and the single. And it's a phenomenal song, mm-hmm. <clears throat> phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Right, right, and it's not, it's not something that, you know, you would expect. You know, holy shit, Snowy, that's definitely not because I've heard that before. I've heard that because of Van Halen. <laughs> talking about how 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 much I love Van Halen and all that, and then the normie is like, what? But that's not that rare, rare, rare music. Well, sorry. <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't stereotype me like that. <laughs> but let's get into some tunage that we are a little more known for on this show. Like I mentioned, this month's Disciple in the Hall of Fame, Flotsman Jetsam's Doomsday for the Deceiver. But let's go with a uh, a track from their latest record, Blood in the Water. This is Brace for Impact. You can see it coming right 
From their latest record, Methods of Human Disposal, that is the title track from the mighty Gravesend. Once again, they're, they're featured in this month's Decibel in the Flexi Disc. Great stuff, great stuff. You're going to want to check that out. There were times, okay, when I was a kid that like with my older brother like he stopped once he hit his like his once he got into his teens more specifically his late teens and all that like music just kind of didn't really wasn't really his thing anymore you know he kind of lost interest in it every once in a while you know uh, throughout the years he would go to the odd concert he takes his son to the odd the odd concert as well but he definitely wasn't get into like he wasn't the musical connoisseur i became okay there were some of but when we were kids there were some of his records that um probably spent and and our collections back then were pretty much interchangeable what was mine was his what was his was mine we just go into each other's room whenever we wanted you know a, a certain record you know we would we would just go in, grab it, and a lot of his a lot of his records spent more time on my turntable than his. One of those being Billy Joel's Glass Houses. I do not know that one. You, okay, but you would this is really the only Billy Joel album and I've since I found it, you know, because the original vinyl it got lost to to the ages. I recently found a, a copy, a good shape copy, you know, for like five bucks. So it's like, okay, I'm going to pick this up. You may not remember that album, but you will remember the songs. You may be right. Oh, I love that song. You may be right. I may, may be, be crazy, crazy. <laughs> but it just may be a lunatic. That and it's still rock and roll to me. <sighs> What's the matter with the clothes I'm wearing? Can't you tell that they're out of style? Uh huh. Oh, so those two songs, absolutely phenomenal. They're brilliant. They're brilliant songs. Dude, yeah. Billy Joel in general, that man is a very prolific songwriter. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about like We Didn't Start the Fire. I was just about to mention this song, yes. That the lyrics to this, the the whole concept, the whole idea of just everything going on as that one person go, that's going on in the world as that one person is growing older all the way up to a certain point, just just phenomenal. And the way the lyrics all came together and rhymed and just wow, wow. I've often I've often said this song has to be redone. Okay by a metal or a hardcore band now with world events from 1980 to today. But it should be a black metal band and it should be we did start the fire. We did the fire. We yeah. did. We had the we had the hottest church in Norway. I know. The, the church was always burning <laughs> since the world's been turning. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I still... I, st- I, I still love those three songs. Dude, they're killer, yeah. killer songs. I mean, I love Piano Man, too. Like he, He's really got a lot of songs. And it's funny because 
I used to tease one of my buddies about them um, a lot, you know, because at the time I was in a metal band, we were playing heavy stuff. And be like, oh, let's check out the new Billy Joel. I'm like, for the love of God, dude, come on, <laughs> you know. But Billy Joel really is fantastic, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, not not like these are individual songs. Yeah. Like he's he's made a lot of stuff that I just nah no. I, 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 I can't get, I can't get behind, but yeah, every once in a while, you know, he's, he, he definitely pulled one out of the hat. It's the, same, it's the same thing with Elton John. I couldn't get behind everything that Elton John ever did to this day. Tiny dancer. Oh yes. Okay. Is still, is got to be in my top 20. What an amazing song that, that was. And it's just, and it's so stripped down, you know? And but just the the way the lyrics flow, you know, and what what they're about, it just it just kind of hits home. Right, it's yeah, it's an otherwise fantastic. It just the whole thing just flows. Right, and it's it's not just that one song. There there's a few other Elton John songs, and there's just some stuff that, yeah, no thanks. But every once in a while, that one, you know really hits home what about you well um modern tune carly ray jepson's call me maybe okay i love that song it's it's got a great hook it's catchy (laughs) just yeah you know it's it's just one of those things where um i i just i love the whole thing you know and and it's funny because I, it takes me longer to find these songs than everybody else because I will typically find some of these pop songs after like, oh, that's so yesterday. I'm like, it's a good song, dude. Like, like and, and I'm thankful that I don't hear this stuff when everybody else hears it because then I don't get sick of it. But but just, it's it's a good song. And, and um, I want to come back to something you said about your brother. Okay. About like, you know, he kind of, grew out of it, I guess, and and didn't become the me- musical connoisseur that you became. And, man, isn't that always the case? Like, if you, if you think about the 80s, like, that seemed to be the thing. Is like, oh, he'll grow out of it. She'll grow out of it. They'll grow out oh, of God. it. Oh, uh... God. And, I, like, I remember in the 90s, one of my college professors was all into country music. You know, and he was probably, like, my age now, you know. And, um... And he's like, well, you know, when you when you're my age, you'll stop listening to that stuff, and you'll you'll understand, you'll appreciate it. And he was half right. I can actually tolerate country music now. I I couldn't in the '90s. Like I I I would lose my mind unless it was Hank Williams, like either one of them, Hank Jr. or um, Hank Senior. Either either one. I could I could always handle those guy, and of course we can handle Hank the Third. Obviously, but um, yeah. um, you know, other otherwise, most of the modern country just maybe want to fucking claw my eyes out, you know. And uh-huh. now I can I can handle a lot of it. Like, like a country song that that I started to love in the '90s is Toby Keith, "How Do You Like Me Now." Fantastic song, and and it's basically all it. And I probably like it because it's basically a rock and roll song. Because he's basically talking about some girl that he had a crush on in high school. 
she didn't want anything to do with him. You know, he's talking about, um, you know, different pranks he pulled. And now she's hearing his songs played on the radio. He's like, well, how do you like me now? You know, uh. you know it, it was a very rock and roll song. And it's just good music, good guitar solos. I really dig it. But, um, yeah, I, I, but my, that same person, though, he's like, <coughs> I'm going to start listening to the country and not listen to any of the stuff I listen to. I'm like, yeah, yeah, nope, I still like it hard and heavy. I just listen to more. And, and I'm thankful for that because, like, when you think about the people that, like, listen, oh, I only listened to that when I was young. Or, or they can only listen to certain things. I'm like, no, I, I think I can listen to more styles of music now than when I was a teenager, you know? For sure. And, yeah. and, and if you think about the normies, like they still just stick, kind of stick with that genre of pop. It, it's just whatever the pop is of today. Or some of them just stick with, okay, this is the pop I listened to as a kid, and now that's all the further I'll go, and I won't listen to anything modern. I'm like, I'll check it all out. You know? Like, I, 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 really, I, I really don't care. If it's modern, as long as it's a good song and it sounds good, you know. And and I mean, there are times like I'll check out a song that everybody's talking about, and I'm like, I just don't get it, you know. I mean, like, like Carly Rae Jepsen, I totally get right. Anything Taylor Swift puts out, I get. She's a great songwriter. Like like that woman, it. She takes a lot of shit. And she really shouldn't. She's brilliant. Like every everything about that woman, just from the song she writes to how she runs her business, she's brilliant. She should be taught in schools. Like they should be studying her and what she does. You know, and hopefully at some point we'll get to the the point where people will drop their shit and actually do that. But then I, like I was talking about this, I think a couple weeks ago. The song was like, "I'm gonna pop some tags. I got twenty dollars in my pocket. This is fucking awesome." And it's okay, but like everybody loved that song. I'm like, "Yeah, yeah it doesn't really, no. It's not that great. It, 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 it. You definitely wouldn't have heard it, dude. <laughs> There's no <laughs> like. I had to go find it because people were talking about it, and I'm, I'm like, why do people think this is good like it it wasn't terrible but it just wasn't complete to me i'm like no i feel like they could right. do this better but i mean part of that is sometimes the musician to me where it's like mm, now what if they would have done this here you know but yeah, right, right. yeah. <sighs> with all with all taylor swift you show me a picture of her i'll tell you who it is i couldn't name you a single song you know more than you realize. my head yeah but if i was to hear it on the radio because unfortunately I do have to share the radio at work with my normie co, co cohort, okay, and she likes the modern pop channels and all that. So I am exposed to some of it. I couldn't tell you a single song right now. If I was to hear one, and then someone say, "Oh, that's that's Taylor Swift," I'd be like, "Oh, okay." I have heard that. Yeah, this, this this is kind of familiar. I guarantee you've heard it. I, oh, she, I'm sure. She's had, and the the great thing about Taylor is she has had so many hits that I don't even realize when it's her because she's matured so much too, and she's changed. There's times where I'm like, whoa, 
who is this? And then I'm like, oh, wow, that's Taylor Swift. I, I would have never called that. Never. Like, she's she's that good, you know? Fair enough. Fair enough. For sure. For sure. And whenever, whenever someone, like, starts talking about country music... I'll just kind of I have an old joke and I'll 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 I'll, sh- I'll share it now where I'll go nah I'm not really into that country music every time I don't know what it is every time I hear that music I have this weird desire to call my cousin <laughs> it takes the, it takes the it, you see the look on their faces they try to figure it out some do and others I can tell they haven't figured it out but they don't want to admit it so, so they just kind of get that uncomfortable look and sort of change the subject. Well, yeah. I will still always appreciate the joke. What happens when you play country music backwards? <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Okay, do you want to? Do you want? I I remember it. Yeah, you can, yeah. you get your dog back. You okay. get your truck back. You get your okay. wife back. back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they play it backwards. Yeah. For sure, for yeah. sure, for sure. Oh, I fucking love that, dude. Yeah, because I mean, that's like every song for a while. But I mean, we can look at a period of any genre of music and you see where everybody's influenced by a certain thing, you know? <laughs> like, like uh, you know, if we look at 90s Norwegian black metal, oh, if we play it backwards, the church fire goes out, you know? <laughs> <laughs> there we are. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's it have another drink pal that's yeah, awesome exactly yeah. yeah i know you love the tv show mash mm-hmm. okay so do i i've seen every episode multiple times you know it's still it's just it's such a big part of our lives growing up and to this day the theme song from johnny mantell suicide is painless like oh, the actual so song okay like on the t the TV series didn't have those powerful lyrics. Okay, you have to go back to either the movie yeah. or the song itself was just released as a single. Suicide is painless is an absolutely amazing song. <laughs> okay, and it's been covered, you know, over the years. Marilyn Manson and the Manic Street Preachers have uh have covered them. those versions okay you cannot fuck this song up no no matter what you do okay no matter what you think of the covering band like when someone does their version of suicide is painless man you are going to be taken away to that magic musical place every time oh uh, no, no, I, dude, oh. I'm, I'm like literally just kind of getting lost in it right now because <laughs> I, I think about the, um, uh, the TV show version, the instrumental, and that song, that melody is so powerful, even without the lyrics. Uh, like I can, I can, I can hear it, and, and you get this sadness. I, it's just that that's another great example of just a song that is so well written. It doesn't matter where you put it, mm-hmm. you know, some that's just, just brilliant, dude. For sure. For sure. What do you got? Oh, let's see here. 
I'm trying to trying to think of an, of another one. Um, since we were on the Taylor Swift rant, I was I was thinking that she has a song called Blank Space. Um, <clears throat> that that I started just kind of drifting down the rabbit hole with. Um, man, I'm trying to think because because you know pretty much I talk about it all. Um, it, you know what I was going to bring up though. You know why I think at least our generation um, has a broader appreciation for music is because we grew up with the Looney Tunes. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. you, you, you grew up with like Bugs Bunny and that sort of stuff, right? Of course. Yeah. Do you remember, you know, like the Blue Danube put to, con- to, um, to cartoons? Like Bugs Bunny was probably like my biggest source of classical music. <laughs> yes, definitely. You know, <laughs> kill the wabbit. Kill <laughs> exactly the wabbit, right. Kill, yeah, my spirit magic helmet. Magic yes. Helmet. <laughs> yeah, but I mean that was a lot of people's introduction to opera and and classical. But I mean, you know, they they would do things like, like the bar, <laughs> the rabbit of Seville. That was a classic. Now that I think about it, but um, in the eighties. Um, somebody got the bright idea to get the Warner Brothers Orchestra, put them on tour, and have them play live to the Looney Tunes cartoons. Oh wow! And see, my my dad today I would that. go I would go to that. Yeah. Oh, dude! I if if I could get something like that again, I take my kids in a heartbeat. I would take mm. my kids in a heartbeat. Like, um. My dad took me for my birthday because it just happened to come through like in December, and and I, I obviously like I still remember it like I talk about it. It's as one of the greatest concerts I've ever attended. It was I I watched everything because I mean I've been watching those cartoons since I was a little kid, right? And I never quit mm-hmm. watching cartoons. That's another thing where people are like, oh, I grew out of cartoons. I'm like, oh, you're a pussy. I'm sorry. Oh, come but, on. Uh, <laughs> You know, Scooby Doo rules so yeah. hard today. Yeah, yeah, you can't go no, out of for stuff. sure. Yeah. Still, it's still yeah. good, still good. You know, uh-huh. and so I, I, I just I love that stuff. And so I'm going and watching the bases and every just I, I absorbed everything that was going on at that concert. I loved it. You know, I still had the program for it somewhere around this house. Like you know, it's just some of those moments you're you're just never gonna. I'm going to forget. And that's like, I I feel like because we got so much exposure to that stuff as kids like that, that kind of helped, you know, but Mm -hmm. I I also think that sometimes we are, we're either born to see similarities and accept the similarities or we are born to reject the differences you know, and, and I just, I see that in society in general, because again, like I will sit here and be like, oh yeah, Mozart, I totally hear Metallica. And everyone's like, you're high. Like, you know, you could never play this stuff with violins and well, lo and behold, we did it. You know, mm-hmm. like it just, <sighs> I don't know, man, it, it, it gets, it, it gets frustrating sometimes, but, um, Man, I'm trying to think of something else poppy. Oh, I know. I just discovered 
Stevie Wonder. So I'm aware of Stevie Wonder, but I was unfortunately only really aware of I Just Called to Say I Love You and That's What Friends Are For and that sort of stuff. Hmm. I think the 80s. Yeah, yeah, the 80s stuff. Um, somehow I discovered Sir Duke the other day, right? And I'm listening to that song. I'm listening to the bass player. I'm like, holy fuck. Like, like we're talking, because I mean, like, I love Bootsy Collins, right? Mm-hmm. Bootsy Collins, anything he's played on, like, that's some bass playing. And I'm listening to Sir Duke. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? So I look it up. It's a guy called Nathan Watts. And he's been playing with um, Stevie since, like, 76. And still plays today. I'm like... How have I missed this guy? So I start texting my buddy John that I've been talking about on on the show, you know, because we went to music school together. And I'm like, dude, how am I just discovering this bass player today? Like literally in this past week, dude. He's like, <laughs> oh, what? Sir Duke? He's like, Sir Duke's one of the greatest songs. So like I, that was the rabbit hole. Because I mean, like I knew of Higher Ground because of the Chili Peppers. But for whatever reason, like I never made the jump over that way. And in the time, like, I think about, okay, it was the 90s. It was not as easy to go down a rabbit hole as it is today, right? I mean, with streaming services, I can pick an artist and just learn everything they did. Yeah, on YouTube, on Spotify. Yeah, Yeah. it's all there. Yeah, Yeah. anywhere, you know? And um, I just went down this rabbit hole with Stevie Wonder. I'm like, holy fuck fuck can this guy swing man and then when i was talking to my yeah. buddy john he found this live version of sir duke i'm like whoa and the best part is watching the bass player he's making this bass line seem so effortless i'm like yeah there's no way i'm pulling that off no way because i, I like i listen to it i'm like and no one's gonna get this reference well, other than my buddy John, who's probably going to listen to this, but there's a band Chick Corea, right? He was he was a keyboard player, Chick Corea, and he had, um, oh, man, was the band called the Chick Corea Band or something like that? But they did this song, Spain, Lies a Feather, and the bass player would have been, hang on. Yeah, Stanley Clark, right? So Stanley Clark plays on uh, Spain by Chikoria. And it's another song where the the bass is obviously amazing. But like the the keyboard lines, the bass lines, they all follow each other. And that's what happens in Sir Duke where the bass line follows the horn lines. You typically don't get a bass player following the horn lines because the horn lines are cooking. You know, I mean, like like the, the trumpet was the brass version of a guitar. Right, so you, you you don't typically follow that kind of stuff. You know, you don't typically double your guitar lines and stuff. And I'm listening to this, just like, whoa, how did I never hear this before? And and again, like I just mentioned, Chick Corea. Like I love this kind of stuff. Like like I I love I love all sorts of stuff. Like I'm a big big fan of jazz, and I I'm very thankful for my high school band teacher because of that. Um, but. Yeah, like Stevie Wonder, only discovering the back catalog today because unfortunately I only knew the 80s, you know. Right, right. <clears throat> what is it about, okay, like you have these bands, 
okay, that released that had phenomenal stuff in the seventies, but then the eighties kind of come along, and you're like, eh, like Stevie Wonder, Phil Collins, okay, will he he will always be Phil Collins of Genesis? Yes. The crap he made in the eighties is solo pop shit. Ah, just irritates the piss out of me. How is that the same? artist okay stevie wonder you just went on about how great he was in the 70s for sure okay the 80s come along and i understand it's a different time and different priorities musically from the record labels and all that i get that but yeah like uh, this stuff okay what lionel richie did in the 80s will never touch brick house I think I can actually address this because I was actually commenting on this in real time live during the 80s. Um, but I really blame the synthesizer, right? And and the thing is, the, the funny thing that I didn't realize in the 80s is that the synthesizers started back in like the late 60s, early 70s, right? right. So you had Bob Moog and, the, and those guys and... Stevie would have been using synthesizers back in the 70s. But to use a synthesizer back then, like, it wasn't fucking easy, dude. You yeah. had walls of shit. Kind of like the early computers that took up an entire room, right? Like, you, you <laughs> right. had walls of shit, and you had to patch all these cables. And if you didn't remember what you did, you weren't going to get the same sound the next day. So like you, you couldn't fuck around. Right. Um, but so in the eighties, they figured out how to make it recallable at the touch of a button. And it all became homogenized and wishy washy sounding. And you had mm -hmm. all these patches. It, it was very, very easy to use, but because it was so easy to use, I, I, we didn't have that same experimentation going on, you know, when, when something, when something's hard, right. You really have to want to do it. Oh, definitely. You know, when something's hard and especially when it's like brand new territory, you'll get people that'll be like, okay, like we're going to figure this out. And, and like it, it weeds people out. Right. Like, so you don't get a lot of bad stuff because it's so hard. So people who are, have a short attention span or are lazy aren't going to do it. But then all these other synths come in. It's like, ugh. And, and that wasn't to say everybody, but that, that kind of became the pop thing because a lot of pop music, especially in the 80s at least, became just, you know, presets, carbon copies. Oh, we know this sound worked for this artist, so we'll use this sound again for you. And now you'll have a big hit, right? Because right. because the record label wants something that's easily copyable. But then you'll get somebody else who will take that same thing and be like, no, no, we're going to do something totally different with this. Like, um, fuck, was a flock of seagulls? No, maybe if not. If you're that. talking since it was a flock of seagulls. Yes. Okay, then probably prob because I think it was might have been whoever was in flock of seagulls, or there's somebody else that like took it took a synth but took it to another level. But uh, so uh, here, here's a great example. 
Roland comes out with the drum machine because everybody's doing synths in the 80s, right? So you have things like the TR-808 and the 909s, and it's a flop. Nobody likes the sound. Everybody hates it. They go back to organic drums. These things hit the pawn shops. They become super cheap. Guess who picks them up? Rap, right? Ah, right, yeah. So the rappers pick these up. They're super cheap. And that becomes the sound of hip hop. And now everybody wants these and the price skyrockets, hmm. right? Same thing happened with grunge. Leo Fender comes out with the Jazz Master and the, um, the, what was it, the, the, the Mustang, the Jazz Master. Nobody wants these guitars. Everybody wants a Strat. So they all hit the pawn shops. They're super cheap. Well, the guys in Nirvana and so many of the other alt-rock bands in the 90s can't afford any of the instruments they want. So they go to the pawn shops. They buy these instruments that they don't want, that nobody else wants because they can get them cheap. And then they become, you know, big superstars making these great hit songs on these instruments. And now all of a sudden these instruments are astronomically priced, you know. Because mm-hmm. the demand was there. Yeah. yeah. It's so funny because something comes out, people don't get it. And so it gets ignored, but then somebody picks it up. Here's another great example. Corn. Ibanez came out with the seven string at the end of the 80s, right? Like 89, 90 with Steve I's Passion and Warfare. Do you remember that album? Mm, the cover. I don't okay. think I ever actually played it, yes. So it, this is like a big part of music history here. So Steve I is coming out with this brand new guitar that nobody's ever seen. Guitar... Uh, was it guitar player? Is either yeah, I think it was guitar player. Guitar well, no shit. It would have been guitar for the practicing musician, which I think by that point it just changed their name to guitar. What started okay. releasing a poster series to help promote this guitar, where you get a piece of the picture and then you put it all together and it's this huge picture of this seven string guitar, and that was the Ibanez universe. Ah. And the main color, if and I don't know if you remember when Corn came out, Corn were playing not black guitars. They're playing these multicolored um, neon swirl guitars, right? So Steve I comes out with this seven string, and we, we you know we think about the seven string. You're like, oh, okay, how's this work from a technical? guitar player perspective it was brilliant because it allowed you to play in a lower register in a very similar fashion keeping all your patterns and it really expanded the range um but it wasn't adopted so these things are bought people are trying them out they're like eh, sucks they hit the pawn shops right and i mean so by 94 when corn comes out nobody gives it gives a shit about these seven strings and so here's Korn playing the intergalactic puke model of an Ibanez seven string. And all of a sudden these guitars skyrocket in value again because they saw it and said, whoa, what if we did this? And it changed the face of music, you know, like sure. love or hate Korn. You cannot deny the impact they had on the music at the time. 
you know and it to me it's fascinating to see how those sorts of things go and and i really think that's why you had so many artists in the 80s that you know kind of bring our point back just didn't have the success they had in the 70s because in the 70s they were fighting for it right there, mm-hmm. there was all this new technology. People didn't know how to how, how to use it. They were trying to figure it out, and they're all coming up with new sounds. But by the '80s, it got too easy, and then some. Like I said, some of that shit got sold to the pawn shops, and then we get hip hop. You know, so it's very interesting to to watch how technology shapes music. You know, right on. We're always we're all <laughs> you you're always ready to give us a. A lesson in in instrumentation and music and all that. Dude, I'm such a nerd for it. And think about for bringing it back to metal. What what's the most iconic pedal in heavy metal? Well, in Swedish death metal. Okay, that's the H two M H M H M two. Close enough. The Boss H M two. Dude, I bought my first one in '86. I still have it. I love it, but. Um, it was a pedal by 92 was discontinued and nobody cared about nobody wanted them i remember having another one i sold i could barely get 20 bucks for it you know and there's a point like the market's leveling out now but there's a point where you could um you couldn't get one for under 100 for sure and sometimes two and 300 if it was made in japan you know but it was because Nobody cared. It got cheap. These guys picked it up. Says, "What if we turn all this up?" They did something new with it. They tried something new. That became the sound, and now everybody's chasing that sound. You know. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm glad. I'm glad you mentioned corn. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Have you ever heard um, their version of Cameo's "Word Up"? Oh yeah. So tell me what's the word word up? Yeah, yeah. That's, good track. That that is the like I don't I don't care for the original because I believe the original came out in the late '80s. That was what I call after my time. Like there's there's before before like there is my time I should say. When it comes to non-metal and hardcore punk music, there was my time, and then there was after my time. And the pop music, after I went metal full time, I referred to as after my time, just in, in casual conversation. Yeah. I think Cameo's word up kind of like was after my time, but I heard Korn's rendition of this song, went back, listened to uh, listened to the original. It's like, okay, if there was ever a time, okay, that the cover song just blows the original away. It's definitely this <laughs> for sure. For sure. And the same thing I could say about, have you ever heard dope's rendition of, um, spin me round? Oh yeah. I, by dead or alive. Yeah. Like well, it, like how about dead, fear factory's version of cars here cars in my car? Yeah. I feel safest of all. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, these are, this is definitely a case of, uh, yeah, you know, new, new, new metal was so good for, you know, reimagining like these songs from, from, from the eighties and every time they just did a better version, 
of it. Um, earlier this week, I heard Deep Purple's Hush. Oh, great song. Oh, absolutely phenomenal. I think that was like Deep Purple Mach 1, the first couple records and all of that. Do you remember the movie I Know What You Did Last Summer? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, love that movie. There was one of those 90s bands that I just, they just, after a while, like I never really got into a lot of them and all that. But there is one called Kula Shaker. Okay, does that Yes, up? barely. Okay, they're just some mainstream rock band that the kids of the 90s were kind of enjoying for that little while. Go back, you know, look for the soundtrack to I Know What You Did Last Summer. And sort of the unofficial theme song to that is Kula Shaker's version of Hush. Okay, and I, it's just, I cannot place that. You can't. Okay, well, here's here's your homework. Go just go on to YouTube, find Hush by Coop by by Kula Shaker, and of course you remember the original. This is how you do cover songs. Okay, like you recognize the original source material, but you give it your own injection of yourself. And I really dig this, the, the way they brought it up to date, the energy that they created. And it's just the perfect, lyrically, the song, the, like the chorus fits so well into the idea of the movie. And just the name of the song, like it just, it's a perfect storm between it's an old purple song redone today and it fits so well within the movie like i still love that song dude go check it out tonight yeah, i need to I, I haven't thought about that movie even in a while that's a good one well yeah there was right after it was the it was in the 90s then when the the teen horror film was kind of making a comeback oh yeah it was Broadway. it was post scream so everybody right, was trying right. to come up with their scream Right, yeah. right. Which I was, as I know what you did last summer, The Faculty, Urban Legend. Oh, The Faculty. I love that one. Uh, yeah, and that had a phenomenal soundtrack, yeah. too. Modern bands covering cool tunes from the 70s. Well, the clock on the wall is telling me maybe we should uh, kind of drop a couple tracks and then yeah. kind of make our way out of here. As I was once again, okay, who do, what do I want to get out there and share with the world i discovered the band carloff yes spelt exactly like mr carloff you have my attention yeah i knew i would yes there is an awesome band called carloff their latest record the appearing is now available so we're going to drop a track from that i knew you would dig this tune dude this band so i'm gonna dedicate it to you this is carloff with hate consumer
From their album, Welcome to the Graveyard, that is the title track of said record from the mighty castle dude i i love this band absolutely phenomenal i just everything about them and they've come through town a a number of times and geez i think it was probably like the last time they came through town and unfortunately it just it wasn't a good night it was a week night in the winter time i believe or whatever there was like 12 people there oh dude and you feel bad for the band because they drove all the way because it's eight hours every direction. You know, it's eight hours to Minneapolis. It's six hours to Regina. Like, it's... Uh, you, you feel bad, bad when they come through the secondary market and no one shows up. But as a fan, as a fan of this band... And we hung out with them afterwards, and I did the interview with them and all that. As a fan, you like it's a private concert, yeah. You know, so you kind of have to look at it sort of like that. Well, my friend, once again, I think we had a really interesting conversation about stuff that you know I'm. Maybe the heavier side of music fans, you know, they don't necessarily like to talk about that very much. But I think I think every one of our listeners right now, they all have maybe that guilty pleasure, for the lack of a better term, or that's that you know what they just never outgrew. I I do hate saying that a guilty pleasure though, because. I, I maintain that if you are a fan of heavy music, chances are you have a wider palette than most. For sure. I, I will agree with that. You know, like you can, you may, you may make fun of the, the um, odd pop song, but mostly because those fuckers are making fun of everything you listen to all the time. You know, and so so that might be the guilty pleasure. Like you secretly enjoy it, but you make fun of it to piss off your coworker. I get that, but mm. I I really believe that, you know, as metalheads, I, I think we have a a much more diverse palette, and we are much more open to different sonic combinations than the average listener. You know, we're, we're willing to take more uh, aural risks. We'll say. You know, I think so. Yep, for sure, for sure. Well, the clock on the wall is kind of telling us it's time to bring this crazy train into the station. Um, how can uh, people get a hold of us? Oh, you caught me in a yawn. Sorry. Radioactivemetal.org. <laughs> Head out there. That's where we keep all the episodes. That's where you can get the um the RSS feed. Put it into your aggregator. Blah blah blah. Or Go to iTunes. Go to Google Play. Go anywhere on the internet you can find a podcast. We are the glitter of the internet. We're everywhere. And when you think you've gotten rid of us, we just show up again. You know, we're all over the place. So you can find us all over there. You want to check us out on the socials. Facebook.com slash radmetal. You can see what's going on there. Um... For pictures of the fine things that we talk about, check out at RadMetal666 on the Instagram. Um, Man, you know what's funny? 
like ever since we stopped, well, we didn't stop. Um, Pure Rock Radio stopped. But ever mm-hmm. since Pure Rock Radio went silent, they went dark off the air. I, I can't do this anymore. I always feel like I'm leaving something out. Right. Like, it's, it's so hard. I'm like, what? No, and it's really oh, like I always feel like I'm skipping Pure Arc Radio, and that's not the case. Because next up, I'm going to talk about the, the Shining Wizards Network, right? Those fine mm-hmm. folks at the ShiningWizardsNetwork.com. Because of them, we're on Spotify, and they're just great. Tons of podcasts out there. They also host a Wrestling Night in Canada, which is Snowy's other podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, and just fantastic people there. And then that wraps it up. And I think that's when I was always used to talking about uh, Pure Rock Radio because St. Rich would put up with our bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and for anyone who's like, man, they haven't talked about it in a while. Well, Rich is still doing stuff. He's got a new thing going. Uh, check him out. I can't remember the name of it. Can you remember the name of it off the top of your head? Uh, he's got his own set of podcasts. The rep- just retrograde podcast is one of them. Perfect. Yeah. You're go ch- go check that to out. Want to check that out? He puts out quality shit. You know, he he's really he was he was definitely a connoisseur of all things hard and heavy. And we had him on not too long ago. Um, at least it doesn't feel that long ago, but it was shortly before everything shut down. Just great dude. It was a fun time. Mm-hmm. So check him out. And that would be all of it, I think. Right on, right on. To get us on out of here, let's go with the title track from the latest record from, and I don't, oh, trying to pronounce this band, but it's Bast- Bastarder. Where you got the word bastard and you are at the end of it. Bastard. Yeah. Yeah. Relatively, you know, I'm just basically discovering this band recently. Their new record, Satan's Loss of Sun, is available now from the good folks at Season of Mist Records. And if you like, you know, a little bit of your motorhead, a little bit of your D beat. You're going to really dig this. In the meantime and in between time, that's it. This has been a guilty pleasure episode of Radioactive Metal. I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron. Signing off.